Welcome in to the 48 Minutes Podcast on Believe, presented by Bet Online. I'm Ross Geiger, joined alongside Bruce Bernstein of Pure Hoops Media and World B, Michael Freer. This is episode number 64, the Justin Van Dunn episode, as Van Dunn not only now has nine years of experience being an NBA referee under his belt, but prior to joining the NBA, he spent nine years as a police officer. Additionally, one of his bucket list goals is also one of mine to visit every MLB baseball stadium. Before we move on to our action-packed show here tonight, I do want to remind everybody that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and the latest matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, that is B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And tonight, Bruce, I'll start with you for our opening tip. All right, Ross, thank you. Uh, The U.S. Open Tennis Championship is one of my favorite events of the year. My wife, Nancy, is an outstanding player in her age group. And while I don't play myself, I really enjoy watching good tennis. We were at Flushing Meadows last Thursday and had a chance to follow some great players, both in Arthur Ashe Stadium and on the outer courts where you sit literally a few feet from the action. This year, there was a really nice NBA connection, believe it or not, to the tournament that featured one of the great stories of the entire tennis season. Caroline Wozniacki was at her peak in 2010 and 2011 when she spent 71 weeks as the top-ranked women's singles player. She finally broke through, winning her first major tournament in 2018 at the Australian Open. And then in 2019, she married NBA player David Lee, who was a member of the first Golden State Warriors championship team in 2015. Among the guests at their wedding were Hall of Famer Pau Gasol, Harrison Barnes, and Serena Williams. Wozniacki retired from tennis in 2020 and had two children, but returned after three and a half years this summer. As an unseeded player, she won three matches at the U.S. Open before falling to number six seed Coco Goff on Sunday in a three-set thriller. At the age of 33, most tennis players are approaching the end of their playing days, unless, of course, your name happens to be Novak Djokovic. But Wozniacki turned the clock back this past week in New York. She won't play anymore this season, but she does plan to be ready for the Aussie Open in 2024 and hopes to compete in the Paris Olympics for Denmark next year. I say. Bravo, Caroline, not only for keeping the dream alive, but for showing the world what veteran savvy is all about. Yeah, awesome stuff there, Bruce. And to add to fun facts on David Lee, he actually played for his dad in high school at Sha- for Chaminade Prep in St. Louis, same high school that Brad Beal also attended playing for Coach Lee. So uh, lots of rich history uh, with the Lee family. World B, what do you have for an opening tip? Oh, thank you, Ross. Well, we will discuss the FIBA World Cup a little later in this episode. I wanted to address something that has become something of a hot-button issue over the last couple of weeks because, you know, it's summertime, and in the summer, even the smallest issues become major topics of debate. U.S. sprinter Noah Lyles, currently anointed as the fastest man in the world, by the way, all-time great title, (laughs) after winning the 100-meter dash at last month's World Championships, has a problem with NBA champions being identified as, quote, world champions. To quote Lyles, I love the U.S., but that ain't the world. Forgetting for a moment that the NBA is the greatest basketball league in the world, 
that no one has ever called Michael Jordan the greatest of all time because of his six world championships, and that the United States has dominated the Olympic play with gold medals in 16 to 20 summer games. The idea that this has somehow become a constant topic of conversation over the last couple of weeks, so much so that U.S. coach Steve Kerr has had to address it recently, is about the most big deal topic of debate that I can come across this summer. In terms of interest level, it ranks for me right above taking out the garbage at home. <laughs> Lyles is certainly entitled to his opinion, and as a world champion, he's, he certainly has earned the right to have his voice heard louder than most. But if he, if he is genuinely upset that NBA champions are referred to in some circles as world champions, I would suggest finding something more meaningful to help you get through the day, like maybe a soap opera or something. <laughs> What does all this mean? For me, it means that training camp cannot come soon enough. I totally agree with you there, World B, and I think you really kind of hit the nail on the head there with that point. So well done there. As for my opening tip, if last year's Sacramento Kings weren't entertaining enough, the team just announced they've added yet another spice into the mix by signing veteran center JaVale McGee. While you might assume I'm just referring to JaVale being a first ballot Shaq and the Fool Hall of Famer, Let's put the jokes aside for a second. McGee brings veteran experience as a three-time NBA champion and former Team USA member who has also spent a bulk of his career out West, having played for many of the teams the Kings can expect to be battling with this upcoming season. He spent a handful of years with the Nuggets, two stints with the Dallas Mavericks, a year with the Phoenix Suns, and two seasons with both the Warriors and the Lakers. That kind of familiarity can hold value, and no matter where he's suiting up, he also quickly becomes a fan favorite, something we can certainly expect to see happen in Sacktown next year. And one last fun fact, JaVale's mother, Pamela, is also a former WNBA baller herself who was drafted by the Sacramento Monarchs. So with JaVale joining the Kings, this impressive mother-son duo will have both played pro ball for Sacramento, Los Angeles, and Team USA. Pretty cool stuff there. Pamela also was college teammates with Cheryl Miller at USC. And and that was when USC was the women's college basketball program. We're talking like mid-1980s. I think she was in the 84 Olympics. Awesome stuff. Love to hear that. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our first half. And thought we'd have some fun tonight, fellas, and open up the Vegas Sportsbook and uh, take a look at uh, what the over-unders on some of these NBA teams are for next regular season uh, win totals. And uh, I picked nine of my favorites for projected risers and nine of my favorites for projected fallers. Both, I think, will kind of surprise you. So let's just get right into things here and start off with the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks were 38 and 44 last year. The over under for this year has been set at 44 and a half. World B, I'll start with you. You got the over or the under with the Mavericks? Uh, I'm taking the over for this one. I'm probably one of the few that will, but I'll I'll take it. I think uh, that you know, at the end of the day, for all the chaos that surrounds this franchise, they still have two of the best playmakers in the league, and Luca and Kyrie. And to me, that's worth at least 40 wins right off the bat for them. Uh, you know, when the two of them were on the court last year, it, their offense was really, really good. Their offensive efficiency was about 119 points per 100 possessions. That's really good. So more time spent together, I think they'll figure it out. Yeah, I got the over. 
Bruce? I say under on the 44 and a half. The Mavs will be helped by having Kyrie there for an entire season, but it remains to be seen if the Kyrie-Luka backcourt combo will work. I mean, head coach Jason Kidd is a Hall of Famer at point guard, and he should have as good a chance as any coach when it comes to trying to make that thing work. And adding Derek Jones Jr., Seth Curry, and Grant Williams definitely improves their depth. depth. But I'm saying 44.5 is just a little bit high for me. You know, Luca does appear to be in the best shape of his NBA career. And I know World B is a believer in the Luca Kyrie duo. And if you think it's Luca's year to win his first MVP, maybe you're taking the over. But uh, as for me, I've got the under as well, Bruce. So uh, I'm with you there. And sorry, World B, you're going to be outnumbered with the Dallas. Right. <laughs> He'll probably right. end up being right, Ross. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's usually how it works. All right. Next team, the Detroit Pistons. Last year, they were 17 and 65. Over under for this season has been set at 28 and a half. Bruce? I say I'm taking the over. I think they'll win Ooh. 29 games or more. This team wow. is loaded with young talent and lots of potential. New head coach Monty Williams will have a chance to mold some young talent like Osar Thompson, Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, and Kate Cunningham. And then there's some veteran help in Joe Harris, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Monte Morris. We may not be looking at a playoff team or even a play-in team, but this group should get stronger as the season goes on. Will be? Uh, I t- am taking the under here. I I think they will be improved. It's very difficult for, you know, they only had 17 wins last year, as you said. It's very difficult to have a team not win 20 games in consecutive seasons in an 82-game schedule unless, you know, you ha- your team happens to be the Philadelphia 76ers during the whole process t- time period when they had three straight sub 21 seasons. Otherwise it's really hard to not improve on, on from not winning 20 games to you know reaching 20 games. I think they'll get in the twenties. I just don't think they're in the upper end of the twenties. They're still very young. Monty Williams being the, the coach is going to be uh, a big help for them. Uh, I do think uh, a guy like Joe Harris is going to be a big help for them. Uh, just you know, the way Bogdanovich was, was for them last year. He was their leading scorer until he, you know, shut it down. So I think they're going to be improved. I don't think they're 11 wins or 12 wins better than last year. And t- they got to prove it to me first. They they are young, as Bruce said, but I that used to go take some time. Yeah, I'm right there with you, World B. I mean, listen, this is one of my favorite teams as far as league pass teams are concerned heading into the season. Can't wait to watch them play. I like their young oh, talent. The yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like their young talent uh, last year. Now I love it with Asar Thompson on board. But not even Monte Williams as a coach can get this group to 29 wins in the Central Division this year. A division, I think, has improved mightily over the course of the past couple of seasons. And I think it's really going to take its turn, uh, take its toll on, on the, the, the Detroit Pistons earlier on in the season with some of these teams continuing to kind of be upper echelon in the Eastern Conference. But uh, I have to see there. All right, next team. Bruce, I'm going to start with you on this one. The Houston Rockets. They're 20, they were 22 and 60 last year. The over under this year has been set at 31 and a half. I'm going to take the over on this. The Rockets will be a really intriguing team this year. They have young talent in Jabari Smith Jr., Jalen Green, Tari Eason, Algier, Alfred <laughs> Shangoon. I always have trouble with that name. And rookies Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore, plus new head coach Ime Udoka. Did I mention they also added veterans Fred Van Vliet, Jeff Green, and Dylan Brooks? 
Last year, the Rockets won 22 games, and I could see them doubling that number and making the play-in tournament and possibly even getting into the playoffs if they can win a play-in tournament uh, battle. But I, I love what they're doing there, and I'm going on the over 31.5. Will be? Uh, for me, it's still the under. Uh, I don't see this team maybe improved. Uh, so young last year, they had more minutes devoted to first and second year players than any team in the league by a wide margin. I think 61% of their minutes went to first and second year players. So they definitely have young guys. And as Bruce mentioned, they added the veterans. They're still one of the worst teams in the league at both ends of the court. They've been bottom five in the NBA in offensive and defensive efficiency for three straight seasons. I don't think he improved that much overnight in order to get uh, into the 30 win column. I do think uh, they'll be better defensively. Dylan Brooks helps. Yudoka, uh, as a coach, will help them defensively. They're just a horrendous shooting team. They were the worst shooting team in the league last year. And I just – getting Fred Van Vliet does not help. I know he had, in the past, had good shooting season, but he's coming off a bad shooting season, and now you're expecting him – he could do it. I'll just take a wait-and-see attitude and uh, take the under on that. I echo that world B. I think, of course, the West got better. Brad Beal came out West. Marcus Smart came out West. The defending champs are in the West. Chris Paul stayed in the West. There's just too much going on in the Western Conference uh, for me to really see the Houston Rockets get 32 wins this year. Much like the Detroit, I do like H-Town's offseason, naming Ime Udoka the new head coach and bringing in a veteran like Steady Freddie. But out West, I just don't see them grabbing 32 wins next year. I've got the under. All right, next team will be is for you. You can start us off with the Indiana Pacers. They were 35 and 47 last year. The over-under is now set at 38 and a half for this year. I'm going to take the over, but it's going to be close. It's closer than you think. Okay. I just uh I'll I'll take the over. I think Halliburton is uh a difference maker. He's one of my favorites. Uh I do think I think Miles Turner is going to be motivated and have a really good year. I saw a quote recently where he wants to be a 50, 40, 90 guy. That's a nice goal to have. It's if (laughs) if you want, if you want to do that, that's a great one to have, whether he can do it. He has a better shot than people think uh, to do that. He's, he's improved as a shooter, but I just, their defense really has to improve. And I want to see them improve defensively. They were 26 in efficiency last year in defensive efficiency. So, you know, they were outscored. By, a, by almost 12 points per 100 possessions when you had Halliburton, Buddy Heald, uh, Benedict Mathurin, and Miles Turner on the floor together. And so that's going to be a major part of the rotation again. So I want to see them improve. Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin coming on board will definitely help them, and that's why they'll get the over. But it's going to be closer than you think. Absolutely. And, Bruce, I know Rick Carlisle is one of your guys. What do you got over under on the Pacers? I've got over 38.5. I believe the natural progression of the young guys uh, that will be mentioned, like Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Mathurin, Andrew Nemhard, as well as the addition of Bruce Brown, as as will be said, Obi Toppin, and returning veterans like Turner and Buddy Heald, marks this team as a likely playoff team that could even finish in the top six. Rick Carlisle is a Hall of Fame caliber coach, uh, and he will get the very best out of this group. 
I'm right there with you, Bruce. I'm taking the over here. And uh, I'll even make a bold statement and say, I think if Tyrese Halliburton would have remained healthy last year, they would have gotten to 39 wins. So for me, this is a no-brainer of an overpick in my mind. I think to the experience he's gaining playing for Team USA in the FIBA World uh, Championship is only going to help. And uh, with the uh, additions that they've made in the offseason with Bruce Brown, uh, I, I think – and Obi Toppin, I think those guys are going to just give some more tools to Rick Carlisle there to where he's going to have a lot to work with this year, and they should be a lot of fun in this year's Central Division. All right, next up, Bruce, we've got the Los Angeles Lakers. Last year they finished 43-39. and 39. The over-under for them this year is 47-and-a-half. Over-under. I'm going to go on – I'm going to go with the under. Any team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis should be expected to win 50 games, if not more. But LeBron will be playing his 20th season, and AD's health is always an issue. Cam Reddish and Gabe Vincent are good additions, and Rui Hachimura was excellent in the playoffs. Austin Reeves continues to improve. And if everyone stays healthy, they could exceed 47 and a half. But I'm just really skeptical about whether that will happen. So I'm taking the under 47.5. All right, World D. Uh, this is for me. I'm taking the over. This is my team uh, to pay attention to this year. I think they're a 50 plus win team. And with Bruce's to Bruce's point, I think health is the biggest key. If they stay healthy, I see this as a 50 win team. Uh, LeBron, we keep waiting for him to slow down and he just hasn't yet. So we'll wait. And if AD's healthy, we saw what they can do when everybody's healthy. Yeah in the playoffs where they got to the conference finals. This is a, uh, a, a really good team. I think the role players are really solid. Austin Reeves, Hachimura. I think D'Angelo Russell was a good pickup and they really improved their, their efficiency when he was on the court last year after he came aboard was really, really uh, impressive. So if they get, they got the bench the role players and they have the stars, this is their last good chance at a serious title uh, contention team. This is the season. So it's either this or now, so I'll take the over. Lots of good points there will be, but going to go against that. I've got the under here. LeBron does continue to age. I'm never one that's going to bet on 80s health, always being a question mark there. And no disrespect to Austin Reeves, who's having an outstanding summer, continues to get better each and every game with Team USA. But uh most players aren't good enough to account for five more wins on the prior season. And I feel like the Austin Reeves effect is playing a little bit into that sports book over under there. So I've got the under, but they're definitely more than capable. I totally agree with you there. All right, world, the one you've been waiting for, for sure. The Oklahoma city thunder last year, they were 40 and 42. And this year they're over under is set at 44 and a half wins. Uh, I'm taking a convention, unconventional w- wisdom on this one and going under. Uh, wow. Yes, I know. They, they, everybody's expecting this team. To, <laughs> everybody's expecting this team to continue to run, and they may do it. They absolutely may do it. But they really improved their offense last season. They were the worst offense two seasons ago, and they were the most improved offense last season. But you know, when you're last, you have nowhere to go but up, I suppose. Uh, they have to start beating the good teams to really get this kind of respect last year, they were 17 and 31 against teams that were above 500 and they were 23 and 11 against teams that were 500 or worse. So they got it. They have to really 
improve on beating the good teams to get that respect for me. They have the talent. They all the talent young and been there a while. So they're ready. To, they're ready to do it. And they very well could. I'm just going to, like so many others, I'll take a wait and see approach. And I'll take the other 500 is a good, good season for them. Uh, it's not as progressing as they want to be perhaps, but I think that's where I'm, I'm looking at them. Bruce. I say with great enthusiasm, over 44 and a half. Um, <laughs> this team won 40 games last year, and uh, they surprised many around the league with their development. They'll be adding seven-footer Chet Holmgren, who was the number two overall pick in last year's draft. He missed the whole season with an injury. So you're adding a significant talent there and a big who can you know work on defense and help their defense perhaps. Uh, he missed his rookie season, as we said, with a foot injury, which – He'll be he'll make an impact. Shea Gilgis Alexander and Josh Giddy are a year older. The two Jalen Williamses both come off solid rookie seasons, especially J A L E N Williams, who averaged 14 points. There is depth with Lou Dort, Victor Oladipo, and Davis Bertans. So I like this team to exceed 44 and a half. I'm right there with you, Bruce. I think this is a no-brainer of an over. This young group continues to gel. It's ready to take the next step following. SGA's lead. Josh Giddy, I think we'll see another big step in stride in his game this year. Chet Holgram, he seems to be one of the uh, biggest fascinating wild cards as a rookie of the year candidate. I think he could definitely add uh, an impact to that offense and defense on both ends of the floor. And uh, one other side note that we won't get to tonight that I thought was interesting opening up the sports to sports book for the show. Mark Dagnall, the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, right now is the heavy favorite to win coach of the year. So, uh, I mean, all signs are pointing to possibly a good season in Oklahoma City. So, uh, like the over there. All right, World, I'm going to go right back to you with an Uno reverse card because we're going to talk about the Orlando Magic. Last year, they were 34 and 48. This year, their over-under has been set at 36 and a half wins. I have the over. I mean, no surprise yeah, anybody who's listening yeah. to the show. Um, <laughs> I think this was a team that was climbing at the end of last season. You know, they, you know, their overall record thirty four, like you said, thirty four and twenty and forty eight last year, but they were twenty nine and twenty eight after they they started five and twenty, and then yeah. got you know played one over five hundred the rest of the way. So they clearly have that potential. Uh, I think you know some things have to happen. Their offense is they have to shoot better. Their offense has to improve. They really don't know. I really don't know who their guards are at this point. They had some decent play, but really inconsistent. But I think they have a guy in Ben Carroll who is a thirty-point a night com, uh, potential guy. I think I uh, championed him to be an All-Star last season for a while. And he kind of cooled off after he's got to really step up this second season. I think he will. Uh, he's got to shoot better. He was a terrible shooter last year from the perimeter. As soon as he does, uh, as soon as he improves that, his world gets better. I think they're better. I think they're a 40 win team. They can, they're pushing the 500 mark that in the East that could get them in the playoffs, but probably a play in tournament, but I'll take the over. Bruce. I'm taking the over 36 and a half as well. As World B mentioned, it begins and ends with Paolo Bancaro, who is about to begin a run as a perennial all-star after being snubbed as a rookie. This group won 34 games last year, right? And getting to 37, which is the over, shouldn't be a problem. The Wagner brothers, Franz and Mo, 
uh, as well as Wendell Carter and Jonathan Isaac, give them size along with Bancaro. Markel Fultz averaged career highs in points, rebounds, and assists last season. And rookie Anthony Black is a uh, first-year player that should be getting some significant minutes. So I've got the uh, over. It sounds to me like we should all be going on NBA.com after this episode and buying a Magic jersey because I'm right there with you guys. I think a projected three-win improvement off last year seems like a slap in the face, if you ask me. I'll confidently take the over with you guys. I mean, year two of Paulo. Franz continues to get better, and uh, the the rest of the crew that you guys alluded to does have great size. Um, I think these these guys are can definitely be in contention for a playing uh, tournament next year, and they could be like that kind of Cinderella story, almost like the Minnesota Timberwolves from two summers ago. So uh, keep an eye on the Orlando Magic. I think good things are coming for them this year. All right, next team we got Bruce is the Phoenix Suns. They were forty five and thirty seven last year. The over-under this year is 52-and-a-half wins. I'm saying the over is going to come in with this team. Durant yeah. and Booker, Kevin and Devin, lead the charge along with Bradley Beal and DeAndre Ayton. With Chris Paul gone, the point guard situation needs to work itself out, but they have players who can get their own shots. So their offense could look much different than last year. Eric Gordon adds shooting off the bench. But if DeAndre Ayton has his head in the game with Frank, with new coach Frank Vogel, this team could be scary, so I'm going with the over 52 and a half. Will be? I have the under. And this isn't wow. to say they're going to be a disappointment or a major dis- – you know, they, I don't think that I see them as a 53-win team in this Western Conference. Uh, they could be a 50-win team, which could be, in the West, good enough for second best. You know, the Nuggets only mm. won 53 last year, I think. So they got to, you know, won the championship. So – it wouldn't be a disappointment, but I think Frank Vogel is going to help them. They're traditionally a good defensive team. They were seventh in the league in defensive efficiency last season, but CP3 is gone. Bradley Beal coming in is not going to uh, make anybody think Bill Russell as far as defensive uh, <laughs> players. So we'll see if Frank Vogel can get them to play defense. He got the Lakers to be one of the best defensive teams in the league when he was there. They were the best defensive team the year after they won the title. The Lakers were with uh, with Vogel, so you know the, we think of them as this great shooting team because they have all these shooters, but they weren't. They were only twenty second in effective field goal percentage last season. So I I got to see that improve on a regular basis. And at the end of the day, they still don't have a point guard, which may or may not matter. But to me, at the moment, I, I see them as fifty wins. I don't see them as much more under. I probably tend to agree with you there, Will B. This one's definitely close. I mean, 53 wins is really pushing it to really kind of bet the over on that. But I'm going to take it. I mean, obviously, the biggest question marks is uh, can Eric Gordon stay healthy? They'll certainly need him to run some point guard in crunch time. Um, But, you know, with KD, knowing his clock is ticking, this will be his first full year with the Phoenix Suns, hopefully healthy. Aiton's got a clean plate with the new coach. I'll take the I'll take the over despite my point guard concerns. I think what they did this offseason with their reserve spots was tremendous. And uh that's kind of given me that confidence to take the over on that. And I I would be a real little reluctant to uh take the under here in Phoenix and be proved wrong. So uh I'm gonna be optimistic here for all my Phoenix Suns fans out there. And last and last but not least, uh the San Antonio Spurs here. They were 22 and 60 last year. 
Their over-under this year has been set at 28 and a half wins. Bruce, I'll start with you. You taking the over or under on Pop Spurs? I'm going to take the over 28 and a half. Victor Wembanyama will be under the microscope as the most highly touted rookie since LeBron James 20 years ago. The fans in San Antonio, though, will be patient with him, and they will improve on last season's win total of 22. But Wemby won't be the only reason. Reggie Bullock campaign and Shetty Osman and add veteran experience, and some of the younger dudes like Jeremy Sohan, Keldon Johnson, and Devin Vassell will improve. We hope that friend of the show, Doug McDermott, will get a chance to show that he's still a premier long-range shooter in this league. But I've got the Spurs getting to 29 or more wins. Will be. Uh, I have the under. I I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Wemby play, and as Bruce mentioned, I'll root for Doug McDermott any day of the week. He was great mm-hmm. on our show, and I hope he gets a nice run. If he starts to, if he starts and gets about thirty minutes a night, I'll change it. I'll I'll take the over <laughs> then you know, as, as a tribute to him. But for now, this was not just the worst team in the league. This was a bad bad team last year. There's just no way around it. They were bottom two in both offensive and defensive efficiency last season, the only team in the league to finish in the bottom two in both, they had their opponents shot had an effective field goal percentage of 57.6%. That was a, that's the highest opponent field goal percentage in NBA history. I mean, it, wow. and what the point is, you don't go from there to seven more wins, in my opinion to get to 29 and the over. They could be improved. They probably will be improved with Wimby there. It's asking an awful lot to get them to 30 uh, with the rest of that group because the rest of that group was just so bad. There's just no way around it. Um, so I'll take the under. Yeah, I'm right there with you, World B. I'm taking the um, the under as well. I do like some of the veterans that they did add uh, to the group, as Bruce mentioned there. Uh, but Wemby isn't close to seven wins good especially with the uh, under the microscope that this team's going to be uh, unfairly or fairly under this year. I mean, there's going to be a lot of big games, big crowds coming out to watch Victor Wembanyama. I don't know if those young guys like Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson are really ready for that kind of spotlight. It's going to take some adjusting, not just for Wemby, but some of his younger teammates. So uh, I, I'm going absolutely under on this. And I also have the hashtag don't tell Doug. And with that, we've gone ahead and reached our (laughs) halftime buzzer. So we're going to take a quick break and come back with you for the second half. All right, and we're back with the start of our second half. And this is the projected fallers for NBA regular season wins, according to the Vegas Sportsbook. Lots of teams in here may surprise you. And Bruce, I'm going to start off with the first team for you, the Boston Celtics. Last year, they finished 57 and 25. Their over-under has been set at 54 and a half wins this year. Well, as you mentioned, they won 57 last year and they're projected to win 54 and a half this year. I say over 54 and a half, but not necessarily over 57. Marcus Smart and Grant Williams are gone uh, and Kristaps Porzingis is added. This team's goal should be to get to the postseason with KP, Robert Williams III, and Al Horford healthy even if they don't finish with the best record in the Eastern Conference. They can win fewer games and actually be a better team. So I'm going to take over 54 and a half, but not necessarily increasing their win total from last season. All right, World B. Uh, I'm taking the over on this. This is going to be the team I want to pay attention to more than any. I know everybody's on the Spurs, 
or I'm sorry, the Suns with uh, KD and everybody there, and that's the glamour team at the moment. I'm, my eyes are going to be on the Celtics to see because of, like Bruce said, all these changes. This team's going to take more threes than any team in the league uh, this coming season. They had the highest percentage of uh, one or two in terms of number percentage of their jump shots that were threes last season. I think that they're going to be number one in that category with with uh, KP coming on board. And I just, you know, I they were the only team in the league to rank in the top three in offensive and defensive efficiency last season. I don't see them dropping off that much. I see them in the East. I don't see other than the Milwaukee Bucks, another team that is really uh, there besides the Celtics. So I'm going to say over, just if nothing else, by default. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I like the over here as well. No more distractions with Jalen Brown having signed his massive contract. They've got a much better, more seasoned coaching staff. I like the addition of Kristaps Porzingis. I certainly think Derek White can take on a bigger and better role with this team uh, as one of their main guards. And so I'm all in on 55 wins for Boston this year. But with you, Bruce, I don't know if I'd say they'd make it over 57, but I think 55 is certainly doable and should be done this year. All right, we'll be next team is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were 51 and 31 last season. Over under this year is 50 and a half. So basically, do you think they can match last year's win total? Uh, for me, I'm taking the under. Um, yeah. And the reasons are, I mean, they could very well get to where they were last year. They had a great season. Uh, I think you got to wonder what, which offense are we going to see from the Cavs? Is it is it the team during the regular season that was top 10, it averaged almost 116 points per 100 possessions? Or are they going to be the team against the Knicks in the first round where they barely averaged a point per possession against a defense that the Knicks were not, you know, they're one to 90s Knicks when it comes to defense, this team last season. And at the end of the day, too, this is a bad rebounding team. They were 20th in offensive and defensive rebound percentage, and the Knicks absolutely destroyed them on the offensive glass in the playoffs and really won that series with ease, five games. And I don't see this team, while there are pieces that can get better, I don't see this getting better so i'll take the under they not a total complete drop off but not at the 50 win mark or 51 bruce what's your thoughts well i think they overachieved last season when they won 51 regular season games uh because they flamed out badly against the knicks in the first round of the playoffs with home court advantage right Uh, i say under 50 and a half this season but they're still a very good team with the electric backcourt of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland and the two young bigs with Jared Allen and Mobley. Plus, Mobley's big brother, who's going to be a rookie, gives them a little bit of uh, you know extra beef in the front court. Newly acquired Max Struess and George Niang provide a little bit more shooting, uh, but I see this team topping out at 49 or 50 wins, so I'm taking the under. All right, well, I'll be the odd man out here, and I've got the over, I think, one full year of uh, Spida and Garland under under their belt together is only going to help them become even more efficient next season as a duo in the backcourt and hopefully another big offseason for Evan Mobley. That's something I'm willing to bet on. I think he's a talented young big in this league and uh, certainly ready to take that next step. And then I love the pickups of Max Truce and Georges Yang, adding some shooting, shooting that they lacked last season when they were forced to kind of play some non-shooters that were just kind of defensive players out there. So I think they added a little bit of offense, and I think some of the defense can be picked up with uh, some communication in that backcourt and, of course, with their bigs down low 
the Mobley brothers. Of course, they've also got uh, Jared Allen. Uh, I really like uh, just the tools that uh, J.B. Bickerstaff has to work with this year. So I think they finished one win better than last year, but it's definitely going to be a close one. All right, World B, next one is a hot one. It is the Memphis Grizzlies. Last year, they were 51-31. and 31. Their over-under this year is 46-and-a-half this season. You going over or under? I'm actually going under on this. This is a team that I think is going to, unfortunately for them, have a uh, drop-off uh, next season. I, The loss of uh, John Morant for a significant time is can't help them. I mean, just no. at the end of the day, it's not going to not going to help this team. Um, you know, they they're a very good defensive unit. They're one of three teams that ranked in the top ten in defensive efficiency each of the last three seasons. Uh, the others being Miami and Phoenix, who are obviously among the best in the league. And you know, they're a young team still. They still John Moran, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is both twenty four, I think, or will be twenty four on opening night. Uh, Desmond Bain's only 25, so they're still a young team and have a chance to grow. But this is a team that does that. I love watching this team play, and I love uh, covering them because they do all the other things to score. They're not a great shooting team, but they get second chance points, they get fast break points, they get offensive rebounds, they they do all the little points off turnovers, things like that. And I just think, you know, without John Morant, one of the best players in the league, certainly their best player, being out for a significant time, that's going to cost them. Bruce? They won 51 last season, and they're not going to do it again. I say they'll go over on 46 and a half, but they're going to have to do it with John Morant missing almost a third of the season with that suspension. Marcus Smart comes over from Boston, adds toughness and leadership, but losing Dylan Brooks definitely is going to hurt their defense. And Steven Adams, who missed basically half the season last year with an injury is going to have to stay healthy if they're to uh, exceed 46 and a half wins. But I think they'll find a way to do it. I've got the under on this one. Of course, I do want to keep in mind, Jaron Jackson and uh, Steven Adams both had some health issues in addition to their obvious other problems that they had with keeping star guys on the court with off the court issues. But you know, Marcus Smart's on board to kind of lessen the blow with the job or rant suspension. At least this one won't be out of the blue surprise. They come into the season, come into camp knowing uh, they'll be without their best player. Um, but I think, you know, without Dylan Brooks and kind of just how the, the rest of the West has kind of shaped out, it's going to be really tough for him to hit that mark. So I got to go under. And the next team here for you, World B, will be the Milwaukee Bucks. Last year, they had a League leading 58 wins with 24 losses. The over-under for them this year, 53 and a half wins. Over-under on the Bucks. I'm taking the over. I think wow. this is a team that's going to have a chip. I think this is the premier team uh, in the Eastern Conference, maybe in the NBA. Uh, I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, how is an NBA champion that with all their guys intact that lost in the first round – to the Miami Heat, not come into training camp, not come into next season with a big chip on their shoulder, looking to prove everybody that that was a fluke. So I expect them to be really mo- – if there was ever a team to be motivated, it was the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, they had a top five defense last year, but they were their offense was really struggling. They were middle of the pack in efficiency offensively. So they need to uh, improve on that. And they need their guys – we take about just about every team, but they need their big three to be healthy. Giannis, Middleton, and Drew 
which wasn't the case last season, when they're all on the court over the last three seasons, when you know since Drew has been there, they've outscored opponents by almost 12 points per 100 possessions. That's a really impressive net efficiency for this team. If they can get them all on court together at the same time and be healthy, yeah, they're the best team in the in the East and maybe the best team in the league. Bruce? You know, Ross, much like the Celtics, they're probably going to win fewer games than last season when they won 58. But I say they still go over 53 and a half. But health will be a big issue with this group because they are a veteran team. The Lopez brothers, Brooke and Robin, are both 35. Drew Holiday is 33. Chris Middleton is 32. Giannis turns 29 in December. And key role players like Pat Connaughton and Jay Crowder are both north of 30. They also have a rookie coach in Adrian Griffin, so we're going to have to see how he handles uh, an older team as a rookie coach. So I say they'll go over 53 and a half, but I don't expect them to reach 58. Believe it or not, I've got the under. So the only one here is the Bucks fan himself. Um, I've already voiced my concerns about the Central Division getting stronger. Same crew, but there is a new coach. 54 will be tough. I'm going to have to take the over. I just think too much has uh, started to take shape in the Eastern Conference. And uh, you have my concerns with the aging group in that core with Milwaukee. All right, we'll be back at you with another Uno reverse card. We're going to be talking about your New York Knicks. Last year, the Knicks were 47 and 35. This year, their over under on wins is 44 and a half. What do you got? I have the over for this team. I think they're a team that can approach 50 wins. I don't, you know, I think they can take that big of a step. Um, for a team that lost in the conference semifinals, they're going to have a lot of guys coming into the season with a chip on their shoulder because of the criticism they received. I mean, you you would have thought Julius Randle shot the Pope the way the New York fans got on him and said <laughs> he was an all-NBA player, but he's just routinely criticized for uh, for everything that goes wrong with this team. And I think he's really working on it and you know wants to get back to that level. Uh, I think Jalen Brunson not making the all-star team is going to motivate him to try and improve. And he's a leader anyway, and he's going to try, you know, give his all every night anyway. And my the guy I pick on more than anybody else in the league, at least, or certainly on the Knicks, R.J. Barrett, is having a tremendous FIBA World Cup playing for Team Canada. So I think he's uh, out to show that the criticism that he gets from, you know, goofballs like me is uh, is not right. They have to shoot much better than they do. Uh, than they did, excuse me, 20th in the league in, uh, in uh, effective field goal percentage last season for a team that won 47 games. If they want to get to the 50-win mark like I think they can, they have to shoot better. They got most of their points, and not most of their points, but they got so many of their points off offensive rebound. They're one of the best in the league. I think only the Rockets were better at offensive rebound percentage, which makes sense because the Rockets were the worst shooting team in the league. They had more chances to get rid of an offensive rebound. And the Knicks were number two because they were – near the bottom and effective field goal percentage. If they can do that, they're a 50-win team, I think. Bruce? Well, as World B mentioned, they did win 47 last season, and they're projected to win 44-and-a-half this season, and I'm going to say over 44-and-a-half. I'm really not sure why the smart people in Vegas think this team is going to take a step backwards this season. I don't see that at all. The only player on that roster older than 30 is little-used Evan Fournier. I see them as a possible 50-win team, as does World B. Freer. Uh, and again, with Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, Josh Hart, R.J. Barrett, and Emmanuel Quickly all playing well, I see that happening. 
Knicks fans have just got to hope that Coach Tom Thibodeau doesn't burn out his key guys by playing them too many minutes in the regular season and seeing them run out of gas in the playoffs. But they're going to be north of 44 and a half wins. That was kind of my point there. And I'm actually uh, going to take the under. Sorry, World B. And, uh, you know, you had mentioned R.J. Barrett having a great season this summer playing in FIBA. Obviously, of course, we've got Jalen Brunson and Hart both on the Team USA team. I've got serious concerns about Tom Thibodeau running these guys into the ground a little too early. I think one of the ways I could be proved wrong and, and maybe these guys are relieved of some heavy duty minutes earlier on in the season is getting some big games from Emmanuel quickly, which he's more than capable of doing, taking the next step this year. Um, but I think after an exhausting summer with Team USA and for Team Canada for R.J. Barrett, um, it's going to be a close call at 45 wins, but I'm going to take the over just knowing how Tom Thibodeau likes to run his guys out there 40-plus minutes every single night and is a very demanding coach. So we'll see there. All right, next one, Bruce. The Philadelphia 76ers, they were 54-28 and 28 last year. This year, their over-under on wins is 48.5, so quite a step down there. Um, what are your thoughts on the Sixers heading into the new year? I say – I'm taking the under on 48 and a half wins, even though, as you mentioned, they won 54 last year. This James Harden trade demand is ruining the team chemistry that was so important last season. If they trade him before the season, they won't get equal value. If they don't trade him, they'll have a disgruntled player who may end up abandoning the team first style that helped make Joel Embiid the MVP last season. Good luck to new head coach Nick Nurse. He's going to need it. I say under 48 and a half. Will be. Uh, I also say under, I think this is a team that's going to take a major drop from last season with one asterisk. If James Harden actually returns and gets his head on straight and somehow, some way all is forgiven, then I'll take the over. But I don't see that as, you know, like Bruce said, happening, uh, which is a real shame because we mentioned before, you got that league MVP in his prime and you're just going to waste the season with the whole James Harden debacle, you know, they, they had the third best record in the, in the league last season. They were top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency. They had the Celtics down. They were up three to two in the playoffs. And now they're getting rid of the coach that's legendary for blowing these leads and Doc Rivers. And they're just, you know, because of this whole debacle, you're just not going to be the same team without James Harden on the, on the court. And so, I say a big drop for this team. All right. Well, I'm going to be the odd man out here and say that I think this James Harden distraction really put a dent in the projected wins, and I see some value here. So I'm actually going to take the over. I'm a big fan of Tyrese Maxey. I think Nick Nurse is, of course, an experienced coach who's proven he's won a championship. He's a creative coach, and he should be a refreshing new voice for the rest of the team with or without James Harden on board. So I'll go ahead and take my chances and this will be one of the ones that uh, I may regret, but uh, I'll take the over 49 wins for the MVP. And uh, next we've got the Sacramento Kings. Bruce, we'll start with you on this one. The Kings were 48 and 34 last year. Know your boys with Mike Brown. So do you think they can win over 44 and a half games this year? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to take the over on 44 and a half. Last year, they hung their hats on offense which is 
really unusual for a Mike Brown team. Uh, they led the league in points scored, but were 25th in points allowed. Okay. De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis are their big two. And they have rising star Keegan Murray and solid role players with Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, and Harrison Barnes. They may not improve on last season's 48 wins, but they'll win at least 45. World B. I have the over with this team. Um, I think this is a team on the rise. I think this is the next team with everybody in the West. I, you know, maybe not this season, but I think they're good enough to be uh, more than 45 wins. I, I think if this team can ever, ever get better defensively, I mean, they have been over the last decade, seven out of the last eight years, they've been bottom 10 in defensive efficiency, including last season. If they can ever get better defensively, this is a 50 win potential team. I really believe that they have the best clutch offense and that's uh, games that are close in the five within five points in the final five minutes or whatever. When the games are tight, they come through their offensive efficiency was near 130, 128.6 points for hundred possessions in those minutes. When the game is on the line, they can get it done in the clutch moments. And so I think if they can ever improve the defense, and maybe avoid so many clutch moments and, and just have some walkaway wins. Yeah, I think this is a team. This is a team that could be uh, on the rise and, and approach fifty wins. I'm right there with you. I think this is uh, one that really had uh, me scratching my head. I mean, how dare they disrespect the Beam team in Vegas this year? I think obviously the surprise is gone. People know this team is good, but uh, I don't see last year as any type of a fluke. It's onward and upward in Sacktown, and I'm all over. Uh, I'm all in on the Kings being able to, you know, win, win at least, uh, what was that, 45 wins? I mean, that should be a no-brainer this year. Keegan Murray, year two, he's only going to get better. I think having that playoff experience last year is only going to help them and keep them motivated. We talked about the Milwaukee Bucks getting the early bounce last year. I think the same thing on a different level for the Sacramento Kings can happen in the Western Conference this year. So uh, I like Sacktown, and I can't wait to see them light up the beam this year. <laughs> and uh, moving on to some more interesting groups here, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the Utah Jazz. And we'll be. I'll start with you. The Jazz were thirty-seven and forty-five last year. Vegas has them at thirty-five and a half wins this year. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm going to take the under on this. I think this is a team that's. I loved them last year because we all thought they were going to they were going in the tank last year, yep. and they said no, we're we're playing to win, and they darn near uh, darn near did it for a long time. Uh, Laurie Markkinen was one of my favorite players in the league. Their front line is solid. Markkinen, John Collins, they picked up Walker Kessler. I mean, their their front line is really good. Their guard play is really not. I mean, it's just, they're just, who was playing, who was in the backcourt for this team? You know, Taylor Horton Tucker was, was okay after the all-star break. And you have Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson. These are not players I'm looking at to try and increase, uh, to get me over uh, thir- to 36 wins. So I'm taking the under. Bruce? Well, as World B mentioned, they were a pleasant surprise last year with 37 wins, which is probably around 15 more than most of us expected. This year, they're projected to get to 35 and a half, and that's right on the nose in my mind. I'll say over 35 and a half, but it could very well be 36, okay? (laughs) I really like adding John Collins to this group. I've always been a fan of that guy, but last year was just the worst for him. 
Uh, he had this cloud hanging over his head in Atlanta last season. I could see him averaging 20 and 10 this year with without, you know, just kind of getting a fresh start and working with some good, uh, you know, good coach, good teammates. This team is loaded with bigs, but their backcourt talent needs an upgrade. Colin Sexton is still just 24 years old, and I think he'll play well, but I'm not really sure, you know, Jordan Clarkson at his advanced age, I think his best basketball is probably behind him. But I'm still going to say that I think Utah can get to 36, which means I'm taking the over. All right. Well, this one's been tough on me. Obviously, much like the Sacramento Kings secret as a team, the secret's also out on Laurie Marketing heading into this year. Everyone knows what to expect from him moving forward. So no surprises with his play. My heart wants to take the over since Utah does play the right way. I really like uh, the way Will Hardy has that team playing as a unit. But I'm going under as the West just got so much better. And uh, I think they did overachieve last season. And last but certainly not least, World B, I did want to mention the Washington Wizards. Last year, the Wizards were 35 and 47. This year, their over-under is set at 24 and a half wins. What do you got? Well, I think they are last and least uh, (laughs) in our conversation for a reason, not just because it's alphabetically. Um, I think I'm taking the under. I think this is this year's Spurs uh, with an aging group, not a young group like San Antonio. Uh, I, I just don't see how you get rid of Bradley Beal and, and Chris Porzingis and Monte Boris and get better uh, for starters. Yeah. So certainly they're not going to be the same team as last year. Uh, Jordan Poole, there's a reason the the uh, Warriors were all fine with letting him go. So he's gonna, he'll get his shots in uh, Washington. Tyus Jones is a decent pickup for them, by the way. Great assist guy, no turnovers. He leads, you know, he's led the league in assist to turnover ratio, I think five straight years, something like that. So he's he's going to be solid for them, or better than people think. But yeah, they're going in the tank for something down the road, draft pick or whatever. And you can't do that if you, uh, and get to, uh, you know, 25, 26 wins. So they're going to be, uh, have a tough time getting to 20. Bruce? They won 35 last year, and they're expected to be more than 10 games worse with that projected <laughs> win total of 24 and a half. Uh, Bradley Beal has moved on to Phoenix, and they definitely have some dead weight on that roster. If you look at that roster, I mean, there is some dead weight there. <laughs> uh, but they do have Kyle Kuzma, Denny Avdija, and Jordan Poole. Danilo Gallinari's coming off an injury. If he bounces back, he can be helpful. And yes, they will be bad, but not 24 wins bad. I'll say over 24 and a half wins but probably no more than 30, and it could be like 25. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on those Celtic matchups. I heard Gallinari has the Celtics game circled on his calendar already, too. So uh, we'll see how he plays in those. But as for me, I've got the under. I mean, this season should be an all-out tank job by Michael Winger and the uh, Washington Wizards. So unless you think Jordan Poole can make an all-NBA team this year, I'd highly suggest the under because it's going to be a – a tough go there this season. I think they're looking for some draft capital moving forward. And uh, with that, let's go right into our final thoughts, fellas. Obviously we'll keep this one short, but I thought we should discuss team USA uh, dropping a game over the weekend to Lithuania. Of course, a tough loss there that also came with some interesting comments from elsewhere and amongst some of the team USA personnel. So uh, Bruce, any thoughts that you wanted to quickly add uh, as a final thought on team USA? Uh, dropping the game. 
Yeah, well, you know, Lithuania is a big team, a lot of six nine and bigger guys on there. Uh you team USA is not a big team. Uh Lithuania was on fire from downtown, and also they did a great job on the boards because their height. As a man once said, you cannot teach height. Okay. Yeah. So um that was the story of that game. I mean, it was re- reasonably close, but uh, you know, if Team USA expects to do well moving forward, they're going to have to make more shots because they're they didn't do well on the boards in that game. World B, you have anything to add on uh, the one tall guy we had on our team, Jaron Jackson Jr. and his play? Uh, well, I mean, what do you have? One rebound in, <laughs> yeah. in the game? I mean, that's that's uh, defensive player of the year. That's what that's what you get. Um, it's funny when it's when this happens how everybody on social media likes to point out, well, we're not sending our best out there. Well, duh, you know, we know that it's not, but we still had a pretty, we have a pretty good team out there, a team more than capable of winning the gold. Their defense was horrendous in this game. I mean, Lithuania made their first nine or 10 threes. It's hard to win it. It's hard to win any game like that when you win, you know, when your opponent hits nine or 10 threes to start the game in a row. So, yeah. they knew where they they were anyway. They knew they were in the quarters, no matter what. So I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call this a panic thing. They have to improve some things, but I think they have enough star power to get through. And I, I think they they're still going to win the gold. Yeah. No. I, I, one thing that really stood out to me was Grant Hill's comments saying that the international teams no longer fear NBA players. Not sure what you guys thought about that, but for me, it was well, no kidding. I mean, our last five MVPs have been international right. stars. Exactly. Uh, I mean, look at, any, look at any country's roster. It's just littered with NBA players. Look at yeah. Team Canada. It's loaded with NBA players, good NBA players, not just, you know, yeah. some guys who are sitting next to the water cooler. There, there's some starters and all-stars on these rosters, which is great. That's how it should be. This is fun. Yep. And that's why they should be world champions because all the best players play in the NBA. I mean, just kind of to go full circle here with tonight's show. I mean, Boom, there it is right there for us. But uh, before we sign off, I do want to let all our listeners know, if you bet the over on this show going over 48 minutes, <laughs> go ahead and cash your bet slips because, once again, you, you were correct on that over-under. And with that, that will do it for this edition of the 48 Minutes Podcast on Belief, presented by Bet Online. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back with you next week to be sure you're up to date in 48 on all things around the association. Take care, everybody.